0: Well, tonight we're going to do a panel Q&A on the topic of dating. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. The reason you guys are here at retreat. Uh, Before we dive into some of the questions that you guys have submitted, I wanted to give a brief little introduction here, just to. Um, set up what we're gonna be doing and uh, what we're not gonna be doing. So the first thing I wanna say is that we're not going to figure out dating tonight. Uh, You may be leaving here with more questions than you came with, hopefully some answers as well. Um, But this is a very broad topic uh, that we can't cover in one night. So I just wanted to temper your expectations there. Uh, and to encourage you to find these panelists afterwards and continue to talk to them, maybe ask more specific questions to them, uh, as well as the rest of the staff. So even though this panel discussion will end in about 45 minutes, the staff will still be around. So any additional questions you have, please direct them to them, and we would love to to shepherd you through uh, whatever you're thinking through, all right? And just the second thing I want to say is that every dating couple is different every married couple is different your dating relationship is different the one you're going to be in is different there's so many different variables in dating um walk of life uh, how much time you're able to spend with each other uh, your age your spiritual maturity whether you were friends before or not so much Uh, So every couple is different. Therefore, what we're not going for tonight is copy these people Uh, because they're flawed, they didn't do it perfectly, and every couple is different. Rather, what we're going for is listen to their stories, listen to things they did right and things they did wrong, listen especially for biblical principles that, were underlying the decisions they made. Take those principles away, tuck them in your back pocket so that when you start dating, you can apply them in the wisest way, okay? So here they are, your panelists, all of all of them on staff. I uh, just wanna start with introductions, so just introduce who you guys are, and then, uh, as I mentioned, every couple is different, every couple has a different story. Give us your story. Uh, take us from that first spark of interest, that first butterfly that fluttered in your tummy until engagement, so strictly the dating scene. Uh, So choose one representative from your couple and you can tell the story and the other person kind of chime in as you go along, okay? So we'll start with the Huangs here. So give us a brief introduction and and, and take, take us back to when it was Tim Huang and Jamie
1: Goodermote. I'm Tim Huang, and this is my, my wife, Jamie. We've been married for uh, almost 12 years. So I'm digging kind of deep here. Um, we, uh, we met at UCLA. Um, I'll, hop, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give the timeline and, and, and she, she can fill in with the details uh, that's more fun I think um, we, we met at UCLA we met uh, um, at the end of our sophomore year uh, which is when I started coming to GOC we met during uh, summer uh, summer GOC when they were going through Romans and uh, I think you mentioned today that we met the day that she broke up with her boyfriend um, the
0: sovereignty of God yeah
1: absolutely um, and we spent uh, pretty much all of junior year getting to know each other. Uh, we became pretty good friends. Uh, I come over pretty often. Uh, we 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 hang out a lot, and we started dating um, right I, uh, right when we finished our junior year, and then uh, we dated through senior year. Um, then a the couple years after that. So and then we, we, we got engaged in 2006. Is anything you want to add?
2: When he asked me out, it was pretty much a shock to me, because I think at that point, um, well, I guess if I backtrack, I kind of always had crushes on boys. I was one of those also. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I worked really hard my junior year to um, not be distracted by that. Um, Worked with my small group leader and just had a lot of accountability in that area. So I I was friends with him, and I wasn't making assumptions. That was so good, because I really got to know him without it being weird or distracting, um, so when he did ask me out, it was kind of a shock, um, but he asked me some really specific questions like, can I take you out on dates? Um, can I buy you dinner? Can I buy you flowers and get to know you better? Um, so that was helpful because I knew what I was answering was a really specific question. I freaked out. My small group leader I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to marry him, blah, blah, She's like, wait, wait, wait.
3: <laughs>
2: did he propose? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> she was like what did he ask do you want to get to know me better and I was like oh yeah I do so that was (laughs) much simpler so I was thankful ultimately um that he asked that really clearly so
1: and she got back to me I think the next day which I thought was a day too long but (laughs) it was fun
2: Speaking of timelines, though, if you're going to tell a girl you're going to buy her flowers, you shouldn't wait three months to do
0: it. Oh, hey. Whoa. Hey. Oh.
1: <laughs> but when I did, I did go all out.
0: Can we get some air in here?
1: <laughs> but when I did, I, I, I did go all out. It yeah. was Yeah. Um, I, I, you, you can maybe jog my memory But I think I gave Each of the girls In our small group um, A bouquet of flowers To bring in a small group So she ended up with What? Five or six? Yeah. It was kind of like
0: a wedding Okay uh, Eric and Esther <laughs>
4: Um, Well, so, Eric, Esther, uh, we have been married for about a year, seven months-ish. We first met as freshmen uh, at UCLA, GOC, so we came in at the same time, Um, but we didn't really start to get to know each other till junior year. Um, I think that, well, what, what brought us together was our apartments were in the same complex and 550 veteran, which nobody lives at now. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so then, you know, our apartments being the only two GOC class, um, apartments in our class there, we would hang out, host, you know, AFF or um, what dinner for eight uh, reach or what it used to be called dorm Bible study events and stuff like that. And so I think as we started doing all that stuff, Um, The guys in our apartment pulling pranks on them, them baking for us. We started getting, (laughs) it was very fair. (laughs) Um, We started getting to know each other and and talking. And um, I was really impressed with with being able to talk with Esther about all sorts of things. Um, Theology, uh, what we're learning in small group. I remember one clear conversation talking about, I had just been reading Piper's book on future grace. And just talking about what does that mean? What are we hoping for? And and just going back and forth and having you know that type of conversation. Um, and then at the end of junior year, I asked her out. And she said yes. So we dated for about. On
5: the same day.
4: Uh, mm. But now you have to tell. So your- just a quick story about that. Um, <laughs> Um, I So, leading up to me asking her, out in my mind, I had thought through, what am I going to do to make it not awkward if she says no, you know, we're going to walk, and I, I didn't want to make it uncomfortable for her, so I'm just, you know, trying to be super proactive and think through what do I need to do and just make it as easy um, if she says no, and then if she says maybe, I've been thinking through, like, this is an appropriate amount of time that I, you know, suggest for her to give, and it's like, all right, good, I'm, I'm all ready to go. And so gets, you know, I ask her out, and she says "Yes right away. I'm like, "Oh. Are you, are you sure?" Because in my mind I'm thinking I, re- I hadn't thought about what, she, what I would do if she said yes." And I'm like, "All right, figure something out. What do I do?" <laughs> so yeah, we dated for um, about five years. so anything you add?
0: OK. Well, Esther, we're all glad you said yes, and Eric, we're glad you said yes after that. All right, Quox.
3: Hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Will, and this is my wife, Jenny, and we both went to UCLA, and I wouldn't say that we were friends during undergrad. Um, I think my maturity had something to do with it. There are a couple stories floating around out there about what I used to be like. Uh, But... (laughs) Oh uh, Yeah, but uh, with me and Jenny, I think things started actually right after I graduated because I think uh, she was trying to move a mattress and she just happened to ask me to help her to move. So I totally read into it. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when you're asking for someone to help you move, there's like a certain set of characteristics that you're looking for, right? Uh, they have to be strong. No, check check mark. <laughs> you're gonna be spending some time with them so they should maybe be humorous be able to hold the conversation check mark <laughs> and you know you're gonna be looking at them for a while so they gotta be pretty cute <laughs> um so
6: that wasn't true so so
3: like i said i read into it uh, guys don't do that Um, And then what happened is, I had helped her move, and I got to talk to her a little bit more. And we'd always known of each other, but um, it was the first time that we really got to talk. And after we were done, she's like, Will, I guess I owe you a meal now. And in my mind, I was like, oh, she totally likes me. She asked me to move, (laughs) and she's going to buy me dinner. Like, this is the best thing that could ever happen to me. (laughs) But unfortunately, I'm not sure if Eric knows this, but... The day right after I helped her move, we're actually flying to Japan together for STM. So I thought, okay, I got to push this um, out of my mind. I can't let it be a distraction. But if she asks me after I come back, then I know she really, really likes me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Jenny is actually like, so we went on the trip. We came back. And I see her at church. and I'm trying to play it cool. Not trying to seem too eager. And Jenny walks up to me. is like, hey. Um, I still owe you a meal. When do you want to go out and eat? So I thought she really, really liked me at that point. <laughs> but she didn't. And I <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, I can't be too excited. So I said, let me check my schedule. I'll let you know when I'm free. My schedule is completely free, like the whole <laughs> next period. <laughs> but I, I don't know. There's this, there's this kind of stigma of being against, like, too eager. So, you know, I try to try be cool. And the thing that happened, though, is um, I went back to my apartment, and I don't, I don't know how it is now, but cell phone reception is really, really spotty in Westwood. So I decided to text Jenny, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm free anytime this week. Let me know when you're free. And then I put my phone down. I do some, like, chores and stuff. I come back 15 minutes later, and I see that my phone says, message failed to send, And the scary thing is, is that even though my phone says fail to send, it doesn't always fail to send. So I didn't want to seem too desperate and just text her two times, like 15 minutes apart, like, hey, I'm free whenever you want. (laughs) Let's go out to eat. And um, she actually never got the text. But fortunately for me, Jane decided to come back to GOC and help out with the Bible study, and we got to know each other more. And I <laughs> asked her in person, hey, or actually not in person, but I asked her, hey, do you want to, through a more reliable means of communication, um, if she wanted to go out and have dinner. And we went on a couple dates before we made it official. And we dated for about a year and a half before we got engaged, I think, or two years. A year and a half we got engaged. Yeah, a year and a half before we got engaged. And then we're, it was two years until we got married. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Okay, thank you
0: guys. Like I said, uh, every couple is different and they all have a different story of, of God's grace in their lives. Um, so, let's start with some of the questions that I've gathered from, from the students. And this is by far the most common one. So, we got to put this on the table and hear your thoughts on this one. And it is something along the lines of how do I know I'm ready to date? You guys all thought through that, you heard that floating around at GOC during your time, and in some way you made the decision to date. So your thoughts on the question, how do I know I'm ready to date? How do I know I'm mature enough to date?
3: I think something that's actually been really helpful for me, and I'm really glad Chris brought this point up yesterday, but when you know, we're talking about what it means to be spiritual friends, we talk about you know constancy, uh, counseling, um, correction, and caring for one another, and how these attributes don't just apply to our relationships with our friends, but they, re- they apply in our relationships um, with our discipler, um, those that we disciple, Uh, those that we're hoping to date and even our parents and I know one thing that was really critical for me in knowing when I was ready is um, just being open with my disciples being open with the people that I was close to and asking them like hey you know I'm thinking about dating Uh, what are your thoughts like what are some inputs that you have for me in my life in terms of things that I could be working on um, before I started dating so I know that was always really helpful for me having those close people that you can open up to and they're also, um, caring enough to provide counsel and correction when needed.
1: Um, when when we were in college, our pastor um, often talked about. Uh, the character principle, which is really kind of focusing on uh, how you're maturing as a believer, um, and 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 he 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 was pretty vague about it, but it was basically if you're a believer and you're a growing Christian and you like a girl, then then ask her out. But I, I would say uh, perhaps a little bit more specifically in a couple of areas is uh, one is uh, contentment. Um, if you're just content as a single, you're probably going to be discontent in the relationship. Uh, the other one is uh, self-control and purity. I think this probably is more pertinent to guys. Uh, if you're struggling in that area, that's, that's going to be messy when you bring another person into that relationship. So I think those are two areas I think uh, will be huge red flags uh, in, your, in your life.
2: I don't know if it's too obvious to state, but you should be ready to get married because a dating relationship that is progressing and growing is leading towards marriage. And if you don't think you're wanting to commit to marriage in the relative near future, then you have no business asking a girl out or committing to a dating relationship.
4: Yeah, I appreciate what what they were saying because I think for me when I was thinking through it, I needed to define what does a godly man look like? because that was my target. That's what I wanted to be. Um, and so as I thought through what does a godly man look like in hearing sermons and, and being taught that and, um, in small group, I think I was able to more sol- clearly solidify practically Then, what does that look like in my life and what do I need to be seeing in my life that would then indicate I'm heading towards this. So for me specifically, things that I wanted to see in my life were, am I reading the Bible consistently? And one goal I had set for myself, have I read through all of scripture and done that? Um, Because I think if I don't know God's word, I'm not a godly man. Um, I need to know what God's word says. Uh, What Tim said about purity, that was one of the things I had in in my mind of thinking through. And I think these were more just for me to kind of have check marks in my head of all right, am I headed towards the right direction? It's not that once I fulfilled these, great, now I can do whatever I want. it's this is the direction I want to be headed, and so that's that's how I kind of thought through for myself, you know what does a godly man look like?
0: Yeah, thanks everyone. thanks for that. <clears throat> That focus on purposeful, intentional pursuit of godliness and maturity, and well, I think it's very helpful that uh, you, you chimed in and said that figuring this the answer to this question out is, is not one that you make by yourself, but you, you bring other people in of uh, trusted friends and, and a discipler. Uh, and you know, they may not be able to say, okay, you're, you're absolutely right, like you've hit the plateau because I don't know if such a plateau exists, but they can say, I know what you can work on specifically to get more ready. Uh, and you'll find things from your discipler and trusted friends say, hey, here's some areas that you can work on that if you grow in that, then you will be uh, much better off in a dating relationship. So great, thank you guys. Another really common one that I had as I gathered uh, from from the GOC-ers, uh from you guys, uh, something alongs of uh, I, I wanted. I only want to date when I know that I can glorify God better in the dating relationship than I could being single. And I think that's a very helpful statement. I appreciate the 1 Corinthians 10:31 nature of that. Whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And, and I appreciate this emphasis on you know it's more than just about me and you. Uh, But it's about God ultimately. Uh, So, going back to the dating relationship, um, were you able to glorify God better together than you could apart? And if so, in what ways?
2: I guess I have a hard time with this question um, because when you're saying one is better, then you're comparing two different roles that God is sovereign over, and God is sovereign over single people, and God is sovereign over married people. Let's be clear, dating is in the single category until you're married, you're technically single, right? Um, And so to say that a dating relationship or that we could serve God or glorify God better, Um, in one way, I think negates God's ability or doesn't recognize his ability to work through all of our functions, all of our circumstances. So I think it's just a really dangerous question to be asking. I don't think I'm saying, hmm, sorry. I don't think you shouldn't ask it, but I think you have to be careful. What are you really asking? And are you comparing, you're asking the wrong question. Um, I think in... A dating relationship, you have really different opportunities to serve people, and what God requires of us is that we're faithful. We're faithful with our relationships when we're single, we're faithful with our relationships when we're dating, and we're faithful with our relationships when we're married. So things look different. Like I got to hang out with small group guys, or Tim small group guys, um, underclassmen guys that I would never (laughs) hang out with. on my own and that was really neat they got ask me questions about dating before they started dating that was a really cool opportunity um, that i didn't have when i was not in a dating relationship um, but i don't think one is better than the other so i hope that's
6: I'm kind of going to answer the question, but not really, just based on what, because I agree with what Jamie said in terms of, you know, like thinking through this question, it is very hard to answer it because there is that comparison. Um, and, you know, some people in this room, they may be called to singleness, and it doesn't mean that they are less faithful or, you know, glorify God less because of their singleness, Um But I think in evaluating the relationship between Will and me, um, something that I saw was that we were able to expand the breadth of our ministry. Um, You know, oftentimes for me, it was I got to know the girls in the ministry a lot better, but this was times in which we got to um, spend um, time with people in relationships. We were able to meet up with them as a couple and um, be alongside them in their journey as they, you know, dated as well. Um, And something else um, upon reflection was, that um, Will and I are very different. We do ministry very differently. And something that I really appreciated learning from him was just how compassionate um, and how much of a good listener he is um, when he meets up with his guys. And um, just being able to hear about his um, time with his guys and learn from the way he does ministry really helped me to grow in mine as well because I was able to see the areas in which um, I was weakened um, and be able to learn from his example as well.
4: I think the one thing I would add to all this would probably be that the question. I I think like what Jamie's saying, the focus is the wrong thing. You have a responsibility to glorify God. That's your call. God calls you to do that, regardless of what you're doing, regardless what kind of you know relationship you're in. And so, if you are dating, then you ought to be glorifying God together. That's what you're called to do. Um, and so, you know, to say that you're able to glorify God better, I think either way, you're supposed to be doing that. And so you figure out what do you need to do, what sins do you need to put off, what um, fruits of the Spirit you need to put on to continue sanctifying each other. And I think as, you know, we try to think through that, you're focus is always on how can I continue to glorify the Lord with every aspect of my life, everything that I'm doing. Um, and if your focus is that, then once you start dating, you'll glorify God together because you both have that like-mindedness of this is what we want to do. Um, so
0: so I, when, when that happened and you were focused on that, and Esther focused on that as well, do you remember specific things that you ended up doing you know, in this quest just to glorify God generally?
4: I think, for for me, I I can speak as the guy, I think I was challenged to think through how am I going to lead our relationship towards that end? Um, And I think something that I was challenged to think through, what do... Rick Holland has always said this you are who you are in one even if you you know get married nothing's changed you still are the same person and so my focus is then in our relationship how can I keep growing and being more more sanctified and, and putting off sin so in terms of what we did then I needed to be way more intentional in thinking through what are we putting our time into how are we using our time? Are we finding ourselves completely siloed out and only spending time with each other? Because that's not helpful. That's not helpful for the body or for us. And so making sure we're spending plenty of time with people. How are we serving? What areas are we serving in? And you know, for Esther and I, we started getting involved with um, children's ministry at church. We were able to do that together and continue to sharpen one another as we, as we served. So those are some of the practical things that we ended up doing as a result.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing that there's, there's different decisions made and different applications of biblical principles because every relationship is different. But there's also some, some black and white in Scripture. Um, and, and one of those areas where it is black and white is in the area of purity, you know, dating, as Jamie says, not in the Bible, it's not a biblical category, but purity certainly is. Um, God makes that very clear. First Thessalonians 4.3 here, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, so next question is about purity, you know, and um, in, in a dating relationship, in, in any dating relationship, there are certainly going to be temptations toward impurity. Um, so you guys all struggled through that. Uh, you guys are now married. It's all behind you now. So in thinking back to, to your dating relationships, what can you say now to these students now in dating relationships or going to be in dating relationships? What would you tell them to to grow in pure, to make sure that they, they stay pure, uh, to to do what what First Thessalonians 4.3 is, is talking about here? Things that you found helpful and things that you wish you would have known beforehand in terms of staying pure in a dating relationship?
5: I can give the easy answer. Um, definitely, you definitely need to meet up with an older couple who is married um, and be honest and open with them about whatever might be going on. Um, And I mean, not just for purity, but for accountability and seeking counsel, Um, just, you know, they've gone through dating, engagement, are married now and clearly have more experience than you. And I don't know, I feel like we meet up with a lot of, try to hang out with as many as possible, and even in GOC, outside of GOC, um, because like Chris said, everybody's story is different, and how they um, live out their faith is different.
3: Um, I think, for me, one of the biggest things is um, when you're tempted by sin, when you're tempted Sin really tries to win you over through deceit. Uh, Sin tries to trick you into thinking that committing the sin will bring you more satisfaction than following after the commandments of God. And I know for me one very particularly helpful passage is um, Psalm 119, verses 9 to 11, and it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I think this really just serves as a reminder that uh, when we're confronting sin, when we're battling sin, we need to be able to remind ourselves of the truth. And one of the biggest truths that was so convicting for me is in Ephesians 5 It talks about the love that uh, Christ had for the church. It talks about how that love is a purifying and sanctifying love and how we as husbands are to have the same love towards our wives. And in our dating relationship, if dating is for the purpose of marriage, like what uh, Jamie was talking about, uh, when we fall prey to the the sin and when we uh, fall prey to wanting to be impure, then... Um, You're you're really going against what the Bible has to say for marriage, and it it was just really convicting for me in evaluating how my relationship with Jenny should be.
1: Um, No, I I, I really I think we really resonate with what Will said is that it's really helpful to have accountability outside of yourselves, but it's also immensely uh, important to have accountability uh, with God's word because the Lord sees everything um the lord is there um and i think we 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 live three doors down from each other our senior year in 550 and it was it was great uh we got to see each other a lot uh we got to see each other a lot in the context of roommates we also got to see each other a lot um behind closed doors well not 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 necessarily behind closed doors but we got to see each other just by ourselves um and and, and and I think it was something that we really had to be mindful of. Um, and I think it was it was probably not until more recently that we were able to put towards, but I think to learn to put to learn to put our commitment um, in the forefront of our relationship and have that outpace our emotions and have that outpace our physical affection. Um, so as there are our milestones in our relationship where we're more and more committed and, and, and care for each other and sacrifice for each other. Um, then, then that raises our level of affection. Um, but, but we, I think we were trying to be careful not to let our affections and our, our and our feelings lead the relationship.
2: Um. Yeah, I think we purposed really early on, um, before God individually and and with each other. We communicated about what we were and we're not going to do, and so that was clear it was communicated um and and we planned you know yes we lived super close but we planned okay nobody's going to be home we're going to leave the door open because when we lived in 550 there was like 14 apartments of gocers there so there's always people dropping by um, so there was high accountability and with the door open we were never you know alone in my room together was always out in the the living area, so there was a lot of planning. Um, we knew um, it just wasn't wise, and to be alone together like late at night. So again, there's just a lot of planning that went into how we spent our time together.
0: Let me ask you guys this: you, you guys are <clears throat> speaking very helpfully uh, about preventative measures, accountability, building that in early on in the relationship. Uh, what would you say to a couple that has struggled with it, that has fall into sexual temptation, um, well, what are some things that you would say to help them, um, some verses you would give them uh, after, you know, these, these preventative measures and accountability have, have failed them or they didn't have them in place? Uh, where, where did they go from there?
1: Um. I think if there's sin in the area, I think, it would, I think we would deal with that sin in a biblical way, uh, which would be confession. Um, and there would be a seeking of forgiveness. There would be a reconciliation. And there would be repentance. Um, I think that's the biblical cycle of uh, uh, restoring um, uh, each other. Um, I think there's... Th- th- I think first and foremost they have to understand that they sinned against the Lord, and not just they sinned against each other, which is um, perhaps obviously the case. But they have to restore that relationship with the Lord. Um, so I, I would say that's probably uh, the most important thing. And I think everything else, it's uh, it. I I I, I would probably defer defer to your second point, where it's, uh, meet with a staff couple, preferably somebody who 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 are married um, and who's able to walk you with that. And it's hard to kind of give. General principles for every single case that may have happened in in the situations that people are in.
2: But our God is a forgiving God, and you know, you can rest in that no matter what the sin is. And um, and, you know, just because I don't want you to think that the end goal is marriage, because if there's sin and struggle in this area in a dating relationship, that does carry over into marriage. And there are marriages that are really hurt by this um, because. If you're not satisfied and content in um, a dating relationship, you're not gonna be satisfied with your spouse, and you'll seek for that satisfaction outside of um, your spouse, and that leads to just a lot more sin. So it's, it's not something like, okay, we get to marriage and we're done, we have to stop fighting. Um, purity is something that is a struggle lifelong, and for the girls, too. It's, you're not off the hook.
0: Yeah, Jamie. Thanks so much for bringing the gospel into that because I, I was I was gonna about to explode over here because uh, I, I do think that we, we run into a lot of dating couples that you know see impurity into the relationship as the unforgivable sin. They make it a you know, huge huge deal and there's unnecessary guilt and it's like the gospel applies to all their other sins except this one sin. Uh, and you're too dirty. Can't be can't recover from this. God doesn't love me anymore. Uh, God can't forgive me here. And I gotta like. You know, do penance to make up for it. So, greatly appreciate that that blood of Christ washes away all sin, uh, including the sin of impurity in a dating relationship. And God's grace is just that good. The cross is just that amazing. But also appreciate the emphasis on that doesn't mean that you're you're off the hook in the sense that there aren't still consequences to that, and and it changes the dynamics of the relationship. There can be long standing differences, negative. Changes in the relationship because there's impurity. Certainly, the more, the longer it goes on, the more it can be, an even carry on into marriage. So, that's the uh, the understanding of God's grace in all of this, but also the seriousness of of this involved. Anything else from you guys? Okay. Well, I asked this. Uh, I, I asked the small group leaders in a small group leaders meeting about uh, what questions they want to be thrown out here, and uh, there was one particular woman, small group leader, who said, uh, how do you say no to a guy who asks you out, and how do you do it graciously? And then when she asked that, a bunch of the other women in the room were like, mm mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, I gather this is kind of common. Uh, this is on the hearts of, of the women, and certainly the, the guys are going to put their ear up to the door and listen on this one, too. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm asking you three ladies, guys, if you have something, you can chime in as well. Uh, do you have some experience in this area of, of batting away the flies, of shooting arrows into the hearts uh, to the Jenny. glory of God? So Jenny, <laughs> Jamie just called out Jenny. So maybe Jenny could go first. So how to, how to do it. Graciously was, was the way that the, the uh, question was phrased. Um, because, yeah, obviously this, this does happen. And I think the women of our ministry could use some guidance here.
6: Um, So something that was very helpful for me to keep in mind was that um, if it was someone who was a Christian and who was a brother, um, that he was a brother first and foremost. And even though it may be awkward when you get DTR'd, um, to remember that first and foremost, your relationship with him is in Christ. Um, And so it takes, you know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability for the guys in the ministry to, you know, ask a girl out and to keep that in mind as well Um, but a few things that were helpful for me to keep in mind was one thing is to be timely Um, we heard that from you know (laughs) Esther set the record at the same day so like five minutes probably and then you know Jamie was the next day and um, I was like what like two days after, but honestly, like there's no timeline in which you need to get back to the person, but to be considerate and to know that he may be, you know, a little bit nervous or anxious and to care for him in that way by being timely. Um, And second is also just being clear. Um, If you wanna say yes, say yes. If you don't see it happening and, you know, like you just don't see it in the future at all, Be clear and say no. Um, And it's okay to say no um, instead of being like, oh, maybe, or I don't know, or, you know, like any vague answer, it's only gonna make it harder for him as well. Um, And then also just to be gentle in the way that you say it. Um, Be clear, but be gentle. Um, Also, a side note is that for those who are believers, um, if you are asked by an unbeliever, to, you know, 2 Corinthians 6 is very clear about not being unequally yoked to unbelievers, um, that that answer should be no. Um, And no matter how attractive he is, no matter how great, you know, his background is, that um, God has made it very clear through scripture that um, as believers we are to be in relationships with believers because it is to emulate Christ and the church. Um, but that's. Yeah, that's great, and I think
0: those principles you you said apply timely, clear. You can still be gentle even with that unbeliever, um, and I think in explaining it, you can, you know, talk about the gospel. Mm-hmm. Other ladies or dudes, if you have experience <laughs> receiving it.
5: <laughs> um, so I've talked to, I guess, quite a few girls who they get asked out. They don't like the guy. They're like, but maybe God will change my heart. It's like, maybe, but if you know the answer's no, it's better to just tell him and not keep him waiting for so long. You know, poor guys, um, who are just, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, I know people Thomas, like, can I interrupt per, oh, yeah, or
2: on the flip side of that, if you don't know him that well and you're just not sure, you don't think so, and he's just asked you for coffee or a date, like it's not marriage. <laughs> so, you know, give the guy a boba date or whatever. Um, but make sure he pays. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah. When you ask Tim to, oh, for the time, period. Yeah, so
0: I think kind of combining those two, like, yeah, if you know it's, it's, it's not going to happen, you want to be clear, but make sure you have enough information mm-hmm. to say no. And sometimes just hanging out with him a little bit more can give you more information to, to make that call. Yeah, okay. Okay. on oh, the guy's the more? part, okay. you have
2: to ask, like, clear questions for a clear answer, right? If you're okay, just, we'll like, get
0: to the guy's part, Jamie. <laughs> just relax. Okay. I know, the guy's question should have come
5: First, and then the girl's response,
0: yeah. Oh, let's talk about the guys. Okay. So, now, three dudes. So, ask one for the women, now for the men. Uh, tips or principles for asking a girl out? Now, there's definitely no formula. So, guys, if you're looking for a formula, if you're looking for a script that they will dictate and you will copy on your moleskin and you will recite it to a girl... You're in big trouble, and uh, we, we, we need to talk to you at a very foundational level first. So there's no formula, there's no one way to do it, but, you know, in your experience and in your discipleship of other guys, what can you say in this, this all-important phase in a, in a young man's life of asking a girl out, uh, even if it's uh, what not to do, so what to do, what not to do? General principles. What do you got for the guys? Help these brothers out. (laughs) They're like, I don't care. I'm married. Don't got to worry about that anymore.
3: I think we should hear from Eric because he got the one day response or the The, same day response. Dude. So I think Eric, you know, has the secret up his sleeve. Eric, what'd you do, man? Um... (laughs) I I mean
4: again, as I was thinking through what we were gonna do, um, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't gonna be uncomfortable for her. That she wasn't like you know stuck with me in a car as I asked her, and then we're stuck for another hour just driving together. And after she says no, right? That that's really uncomfortable. You know, I don't want to. That's not fair to her. You know, that's not loving or serving her. Uh, so I, I was trying to be thinking through how can I be as considerate as I could, and and you know make sure that she has kind of an out if, if it's if it's no and that's fine. You know, that's that's not a problem. Um in terms of you know what I what I said, I I think like what Tim and James saying it's just kind of clear, I told her the things that I really appreciated about her. I, I told her that I admired how much she loved and served her small group girls and the different ways that she I saw her did that. I, I told her the conversations that we've had and how encouraged i've been by those and just that you know i wanted to keep pursuing that and see if the lord would bring something about and if she'd be willing to date so it was kind of just that
3: Um, i think something that's kind of important to keep in mind is it's come up several times from the girl's perspective but uh, dating is very different from marriage. Uh, when you ask a girl out, you're not really asking her to marry you, but you're just kind of like I know for me and Jenny, something that or what our relationship looked like is I just kind of asked her out to have dinner so that we could get to know each other more. And we actually went on a couple dates before we decided, hey, you know, is this something that you want to be committed to? And I think that helps alleviate a lot of the pressure uh, for guys in the sense that. Um, Just because you ask someone out doesn't mean that they're going to be your girlfriend for forever and you're going to marry them. But, you know, there is and that's why you date to see whether you want to get married to the person or not. So to just kind of set low expectations, kind of set the bar a little bit low in in, in the sense of like what the commitment is going to be like for the relationship. Keep those expectations low.
0: Yeah, sometimes you need to transition a little bit. Like, let's not jump to be my girlfriend, you know, but like, you know. Maybe get to know each other a little bit first.
3: Yeah, it's not really exactly sink or swim. Also, don't use the imperative uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's different, right? Because, you know, you may be good friends already, and, you know, you just kind of need to make a little bit of a leap to, to get to that. But you may not know each other as well. And so it's it may be uncomfortable for, for the girl to have a conversation. Hey, be my girlfriend. What's your name again? You know, so. Kind of got to read the situation, right? Uh, anything else you from the start guys? from somewhere.
1: You got to take the plunge and start from, yeah, sure. from somewhere. Yeah, You got to be courageous, too. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else about that one? Okay. Uh, I'm going to end with this question. We'd love to hear from all you guys on this one. Uh, greatest lesson taken from your time dating. Um so what what lesson did you guys take away that the one most most worth sharing uh, to help all of them out there, either in dating relationship or gonna be in them? Uh, what can you give them the heads up on?
1: Um, we had a pretty we had a pretty smooth relationship um, I think. I think where the struggle kind of came in were with um, when we decided to to get married and we wanted to get married, um, we ran into some obstacles with my parents. Uh, they have very uh, ambitious uh, worldly goals for for both of us uh, that they want us to achieve before we even start uh, thinking about engagement and, and, and marriage. Uh, so we had to work through those. I think some of the lessons that we learned from that was uh, to to start that dialogue early I, I i think we i think i wish we had started uh that that conversation early and, and 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 jimmy did a great job of endearing herself to my parents uh they loved her um but it was just uh, just what they had in mind for us as we you know as we were moving they they were very worldly they uh, they uh, they fought us on on what we talked about contentment how we how we would be learning contentment how we Uh, loved each other and what are some of the uh, the qualities I appreciate about her both spiritual and both uh, just very practical Um, and and I think just it took a long time to get my parents to the point where they saw that the marriage would be a blessing to the both of us um, more so than worldly success and and I think that just took a lot longer than we originally thought um, and just to put ourselves under other people, um, and to learn to not exercise our rights. We, we, we were in junior high ministry at the time, and a lot of uh, a lot of the older couples who were uh, in, in, our, in our lives. They said, "While well, you guys are out of the home, you guys have a right to get get married. You can do whatever you want." Um, but uh, the elder in junior high ministry and his wife, they 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 encouraged us to quote unquote essentially waive our rights and to say, "Yeah." you have your rights, but think about waiving your your rights and, and, and to defer and to care uh, for your parents. Um, and I think that was very, very helpful. And, and, and that was echoed by the Ushijimas as well.
2: And I think something that we could have done better um, was really talking to our parents earlier on. Because as we're getting to know each other better, um, if we're not communicating or we weren't doing a good job in the early days of communicating to our parents what we're learning about this person and how we're getting to appreciate them, what we wanted. We were waiting or we kind of pushed that to when it was closer to engagement. And so we've had all these months and years of time spent together and they didn't see that because they weren't living, you know, in the apartment next door. So I would encourage, you know, if you are in a dating relationship to – be around your parents Um, if they're not local to be talking about the other person to your parents and to create opportunities um, to be near the other people's parents so that you can foster that relationship that doesn't go away right that's only a kind of a, a new lifelong relationship if you end up getting married so
1: and 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 one more thing to add to that is 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 um because I think we had evolved uh, my parents so much, I think that really shaped the dynamics of our relationship with them now. Um, my mom is far more open to talking about just her thoughts and her feelings and, 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 and just what her struggles are with Jamie than she is with me. Um, so that's, that's, that's one huge blessing that came out of that. Are there lessons learned
0: looking back on it all? Something that
4: I've, I don't know that I learned while I was dating, but thinking back on it and what I've been learning now. um, With with anything that happens, we talk a lot about the Lord is sovereign. He's in control. Um, And, you know, I think... There's a lot of fears that we can have when well, we're dating. Oh, are we, is it going to make it? Are we going to break up? You know, what's going to happen? We You have all these things running through your head. Did I mess it up? You know, what could I have done differently? Um, why did that person say that to me? And why was that so hurtful? And, you know, I suffer, You know, all that could happen. And, and it is helpful to go back to God's sovereignty in, in those moments. But I, I would encourage you to, To not take that in isolation. God's sovereignty is perfectly mixed with his wisdom. He doesn't do anything that isn't perfectly wise. And not only that, he doesn't do anything, he doesn't control everything with just wisdom and knowing exactly, oh, this is the right time to do it. He does it in love, in his goodness. And so that sovereignty is such a gentle, compassionate sovereignty that we have, that we fall back on. And I think as we look back in our relationship, as I look back in our relationship, you know, ups and downs and all that, and it's easy to think about, oh, I what could I have done differently? Well, it happened, and I think... Whatever fears I'm dealing with, whatever anxieties I have, bitterness, uh, frustrations that I'm dealing with, I have to ask myself, was God perfectly in control in this situation? Was he perfectly wise in that situation? Was he perfectly loving and good? If yes, which it is yes, then the question comes back to me, why am I feeling this way? Now i got to reconcile that before God. And I, I, would, I would encourage you to think through that of of what God's sovereignty and all of His attributes and how they come together, because that will help you deal with whatever then comes up. Um, whether you're you know you are able to date and you're you know rejoicing in that, you're dating and you break up, um, or whatever else the Lord might bring, you have th- you have a loving wise, perfectly in control God to trust. And that's what we have to trust. That's our God that we need to trust. And so I think looking back, that's something I wish I would have known and been exhorted to think through more back then. I I
5: think, I guess looking back, one of my tendencies was, and sometimes still is, um, is to idolize the relationship or like the person that you're um, dating because you're spending so much time with them, you're talking to them so much. I think naturally it's like, oh, you know, I talked to Eric today, like don't need to read my Bible, I don't need to pray. Um, But then having to remind myself that the best way that I can be Loving him and caring for him is to grow in my own walk, which obviously requires me to read, I'm just going to sing the song, read my Bible, pray every day. Um, and I think that even now it's a struggle. Um, yeah, you know the song. <laughs> um, but I think it's a work in progress to keep pursuing Christ first and then letting love for God um, overflow into love for others
3: yeah so i think for me and this is a lesson that i think i learned in dating and that i'm constantly learning in marriage too is that um when when you're dating and when you get married it's not like you're marrying the perfect person as much as i love jenny and as much as i love myself i'm not the perfect person (laughs) either and i I think uh, A lot of times when we're dating, we kind of have these struggles with ourselves like, oh, maybe we're not compatible. That's why we're fighting so much. Or maybe, um, you know, we're just not jiving. We're not getting along. And although there is some wisdom in going through that path, I think for Jenny, uh, one of the things that really, um, or for, for me and Jenny, one of the things that really affirmed my decision to want to marry her is the fact that when we came upon conflict, how were we able to resolve it? Um, how are we able to give and to receive correction? Were we able? A lot of the things that we're learning, um, even this weekend, about you know being a good friend, uh, being a good or being a good disciple. Uh, a lot of those things still apply in our relationship, and we're still working on those things even to this day. And I think that sometimes we set our expectations too high of marrying the perfect person, but. Um, in in the reality, we're just two sinners um, being saved by grace and uh, we're just trying to live and live a life that glorifies Christ and mold each other in his likeness. So yeah. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've been learning.
6: Um, for me one of the lessons i learned was what it means to love someone earnestly with a pure heart like that's what first peter um one talks about and um it was through dating that i was really able to see how selfish how sinful i could be that it was easy to care for will um when he was in a good mood or it was easy to care for him when he reciprocated it but when it required me to have sacrifice or to do it um without anything in return um I became very selfish, and I forgot that God had been so kind and gracious to show me a love that was so sacrificial. Um, and so one of um, that was something that I very much learned in dating and something that I really appreciated was just being able to have apartment mates where I was able to practice what it meant to love and to care as well um, and it, I think it really helped me to in some ways like prepare also for marriage um, because you you know we live with so many different people throughout the years and everyone has different living habits and just being able to learn how to show preference or how to be patient um, um, yeah, like I was able to not only grow in that with my relationship with Will, but also just really treasure the time that God has given me to live with, um, yeah, other people prior to getting married.
0: All right, very helpful lessons all around. Uh, this panel discussion was very much a sampling of, of the wisdom that you can get from. From these and the sampling of the fun that you can have hanging out with them as well and there's more there's more wisdom where that came from so again uh, encourage you to not let this end tonight but uh, connect with these folks up here and also the other staff certainly if you're in a dating relationship highly highly encourage you to latch on to another married couple at grace on campus to to learn from them uh, to grow with them Um, And it will be tremendously helpful to to your relationship. Uh, So let's let's thank the panelists for sharing with us tonight. And let me close our time in prayer. Uh, Father, I'm so thankful for uh, these couples and uh, all the married couples that you've given us at Grace on Campus uh, to shepherd us, to be examples for us. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us In this area of dating, help us to think biblically about it, uh, give us wisdom, uh, bring us to just the right passages in your word that inform us on how to think about this and how to implement it. Uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would have your glory on our minds, uh, that we would date for you and to magnify you. Uh, We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.